And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. Uh, My name is Cam Edwards. I am flying solo this evening. Missy is feeling fine, but uh, just busy. And we didn't have a chance to get the podcast out over the weekend uh, for reasons we will explain here momentarily. So um, in order to get a product to you, as quickly as possible, uh, there was a choice that had to be made. Either we could do it with just me alone, or we could wait at perhaps a day, maybe more, uh, and uh, try to entice Missy to sit down for a, a segment or two. So uh, I went with uh, door number one, and hopefully uh, Missy will be joining us on the next edition of 40 Acres in a Fool, which I'm guessing is going to be right around, we'll have to, well, there's going to be a window uh, between Christmas and Miss E's next round of chemo, which uh, comes a few days later. So uh, I know we won't be doing anything while the entire family is together. And that'll be uh, over uh, the Christmas holidays. So uh, maybe the 26th, 27th uh, will be uh, our next edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. And I bet, I bet that I can get Missy involved. So the reason why um, we didn't do a show on Sunday, which is when we've been uh, taping the podcast, is because uh, Sunday morning I'm, I'm in my office and I'm typing merrily away on a project and all of a sudden I hear the pounding of uh, what I think are goat hooves on the, uh, the front porch of my little uh, cabin slash office. Uh, instead it was Zelda, our Great Pyrenees, who had run pell-mell out of the house uh, and across the yard uh, to the office while Miss E uh, was running pell-mell out the house and around to the cellar and screaming bloody murder uh, while she was doing so. So I uh, run out of my office and run back across the yard now with Zelda running right after me, uh, throw, not literally, but I, I get her into the house, I run around to the cellar, I go down to the cellar where a burst pipe is spewing uh, water into the basement. Yeah. So uh, Miss E, who's already in the basement, uh, manages to shut off uh, the power to the pump. Uh, We couldn't shut off the water main, but uh, we shut off the power to the pump. We are on well water, so when the pump has no power, ta-da, the water stops. And so the water stops. So we're freaking out uh, immediately. And so the first thought is crud call a plumber, uh, which we do on a Sunday. Uh, living in the middle of nowhere. Let me just tell you, Farmville, Virginia does not have 24-hour plumbing uh, plumbing for emergencies. Uh, you're just going to have to wait. So uh, calling Charlottesville, calling Lynchburg, calling Richmond, uh, and being told that the, the going rate on a Sunday uh, in central Virginia for a plumber in case you need one, from the time they get in their truck and start driving to the service call, which keep in mind again, Charlottesville, Lynchburg, Richmond, all about an hour away, $185 an hour. Yeah. So upon hearing that, my brain immediately transfers this from this is no longer an emergency that requires immediate attention 
to, okay, I can go pick up some water if need be, and we can wait for the plumber tomorrow. Um, so, <laughs> whew, and I immediately started to calm down, right? Like just looking at it in a, in a whole new light. I was like, well, I'm not going to pay $185 an hour, so it's no longer an emergency that requires immediate attention. Uh, and as it turns out, it was actually a pretty easy fix. So uh, $20 worth of parts later uh, and a little elbow grease from Miss E. The, uh, the water is back on. And uh, the pipes are running fine. Everything's working, except, except that our water pressure was super low, way, way below what it normally is. And we don't have great water pressure to begin with, but like this was pathetic. Uh, ran a bath last night. Usually it takes about twenty minutes to fill up the bathtub. We got a big old cast iron uh, bathtub. And uh, last night, like thirty-five minutes on. Bathtub's not even halfway full. So I'm like, okay, something something's up here. Is it air in the pipes? I don't think it's air in the pipes. The water seems to be coming in just fine from the well. Uh, but for whatever reason, something's happening, and it's not. we're not getting the pressure that we need. So this morning, uh, which is a Monday morning, I uh, wake up, and I'm uh, getting ready to take my daughter to school, and Missy e, uh, yells out, Call the plumber! <laughs> So what? Call the plumber. Uh, and and in our old well, so we have a newer well slash cistern, uh, and then we have uh, a few yards away the old well slash cistern, um, which apparently still has water running to it. It still has a pipe and is still powered. I don't know why. I don't know why. This thing is probably from. I mean, I don't even know how old this thing is. But for whatever reason, it still has power and a pipe. And that pipe is broken. So uh, when Miss E turned the power back on to the pump after fixing the pipe, uh, she turned everything back on because in her haste to turn the power to the pump off in the first place, she turned off like everything on that breaker. Uh, When something needed to be turned back on, uh, she just turned everything back on, not realizing, shoot, that actually needed to stay off. So um, once she figured that out, uh, which took about 10 minutes, we were able to uh, call the plumber once again and, and say, um, okay, never mind. It was a, a false alarm. We, we got it taken care of. Uh, and that did not require any additional expenditure of funds. But it did require most of our Sunday to deal with the, uh, the, the pipe issues. Uh, and now you know why we are a day late with this week's 40 Acres and a Fool. So other than that, it's been a pretty quiet week on the farm. The uh, bees survived the uh, snow. Unfortunately, four of our chickens did not uh, survive the snowstorm, I know. Uh, four of the red sex links are no longer with us, and uh, that brings us down to, I believe, five hens. Um, so we're going to have to to hatch out some more here soon. We also have Bonnie and Clyde, the uh, the feral chickens, um, the rooster and, and the hen who hatched out earlier in the spring and refused to uh, go inside the chicken yard. I thought for sure that we lost Bonnie uh, Monday, today, uh, when I'm recording this, because um, I, I saw, as I was sitting in my office, a flash 
of black, and I'm still not sure what it was because it wasn't one of the cats. It was bigger than one of our cats. A flash of black across the yard, uh, and next time I noticed the uh, the rooster was probably like an hour later. Uh, Clyde is just uh, uh, crowing away, clearly looking for his girlfriend who is nowhere in sight. Like I walked all the way around the house. She's gone, and he's just standing there uh, in the uh, front raised garden beds, just crowing and crowing and crowing. Uh, like 45 minutes later, I finally see her pop her head out from uh, underneath the porch. She had apparently just wanted some alone time. but uh, uh, So close call, apparently, but a, a false alarm. Uh, other than that, it's it's been a fairly drama-free uh, week since we were last on 40 Acres and a Fool. So instead of, you know, talking about uh, uh, fun, cute animal stuff, because I don't really have anything, the goats are still cute and the chickens are still the chickens and my dogs are still adorable. Uh, and you can follow Miss E on uh, Instagram at Corny Goat Farm and you can follow me at Cam Edwards on Instagram as well and you can see some pictures of those adorable animals. But I, I did have a couple of things that kind of came across my uh, uh, smartphone or my uh, internet uh, searches uh, over the the course of the last week. So we're already talking about what we want to do for the spring in terms of our garden. And we've decided that in years past, we've had basically one big uh, garden. It started out as raised beds, and it was raised beds for a couple years, and then Missy decided, "Ah, I don't want raised beds anymore. And then we had uh, a garden that was, you know, just uh, uh, tilled, and it was there was it was it was too much for us. I mean, it really was. We didn't utilize all of it, and um, it just kind of got away from us. So that space is going to be repurposed this year. Uh, it is no longer going to be the garden of uh, of everything. It is going to be the garden of one particular vegetable, peppers. That's it. That is where our pepper patch is going to be. Uh, it is going to be probably three times the size of uh, what our pepper patch has been in previous years. So in previous years, we've gotten around 50 bottles of hot sauce. Uh, I'm setting a goal this year of 200 bottles. And I'm setting a goal of being able to actually uh, uh, produce this in a commercial kitchen so that we can sell this small batch hot sauce uh, from Corny Goat Farm. So that's my goal for 2019 uh, there in the garden. We've already uh, got plans to ask a friend to help us grow uh, some of the uh, peppers so that, uh, you know, again, if we just triple our size, it'll be about 150 bottles worth. So we need a little bit more. So we're going to enlist the help of uh, some of our local friends here in the area. So as we're talking about the garden, that's going to be our peppers, but then we're going to use our raised garden beds in the front to grow our tomatoes and our cucumbers, maybe an herb garden. Um, and Miss E ran across a, a company that, that's got a, an interesting idea. It's called SeedSheets.com. So basically what it is, uh, is a, a, a sheet that you just roll out, you, you lay it there, uh, you know, in your garden bed. And it's biodegradable. The seeds are already in place. So all you have to do is you put it on the ground or you put it in your container and you're good to go. I mean, it really, it's fascinating. So they've got um, like a salad spreadsheet. They've got or seed sheet. They've got a, a caprese 
uh, a seed sheet. They've got an herbs seed sheet, a, a taco seasonings herb sheet. Uh, and then you can uh, pick out the plants that you want. You can do a custom container garden. You can do a custom raised garden bed. Uh, and they've got you know all different kinds. They don't have tomato seeds, unfortunately. That was that was the thing that I was actually a little disappointed. They've got a lot of carrots, a lot of peas, um, but no tomatoes whatsoever. And so that's outside of peppers. I mean, the tomatoes are what we grow in our garden. Um, this year, we've decided we're going to scale way down as well. We just kind of we've gotten overwhelmed in years past with just the sheer amount of tomatoes and and there's nothing that we can do with them and we're not probably going to have pigs this coming spring so uh that was a huge source of all right if we got too many vegetables give them to the pigs they'll always eat that and so uh now it's you know the chickens which are kind of hit and miss when it comes to uh, tomatoes goats don't really like tomatoes from what i've been able to tell so um the tomatoes are going to be scaled back we're going to do a couple of uh, uh, cherry-sized, uh, the Sun Gold tomatoes are amazeballs. Uh, they are our absolute favorite. They're this bright orange color and a very sweet, uh, almost a berry-like um, a, a flavor. It's not you know your typical uh, tomato flavor. So that's our favorite. So we're going to grow at least a few of those plants. Missy um, wants some paste tomatoes, so we'll be growing a couple of different styles of paste tomatoes. And I want at least one beefsteak. I want I want one variety of tomatoes that you know is just a good sandwich slicer. You can cut it up, put a little salt on it, spread just a little thin layer of mayonnaise on white bread. And you just go to town. That's all you need. Tomato sandwich. Best thing in the world on a uh, hot summer day. So I want to have um, uh, at least one variety. We'll do probably the Amish gold slicer, uh, maybe a, a Cherokee purple if we uh, do a, a second uh, variety of the uh, the, the bigger beefsteak tomatoes. So unfortunately, the seed sheet's not going to work for us, but uh, it is an interesting idea, particularly if you don't have a lot of space and you don't want to... Uh, you know, buy a lot of seeds that you're not going to use this. I, I won't say it's going to be more affordable because I think even the smaller seed sheets start out at like $20. So, you know, it's not the cheapest way to go about doing things. But uh, if, if, you know, convenience is your thing, it might be worth checking out. Um, also, uh, a product that is not yet available, but I'm actually kind of intrigued by it. And I saw this. People were giving this company all kinds of grief uh, on Twitter. The uh, company is called Weltevri. It's a European company. Uh, And they have come up with something called the Ground Fridge, uh, which is otherwise known as a root cellar. That's basically all this is, is a prefab root cellar. Uh, and you know, people, they're, they're, they're showing this off as like the next big thing. And wow, this is amazing. And people's response is great. You invented a seller. You know, we, we, we've had these things. I get it. I do. That's the initial snarky response. That was my initial snarky response, but then I started looking at this thing and you know, it's actually pretty cool. Um, it, it is a, yes, it is a root cellar, but a lot of homes don't have root cellars anymore. And so this gives you an option. Um, it is buried, covered with about uh, three feet of dirt. 
uh, and uh, insulating materials or, or, or there is uh, insulation. Uh, no permit required to place the ground fridge, no soil to be disposed of. Uh, it's equipped with wooden shelves for storage. It, um, it varies uh, temperature between 10 and 12 degrees Celsius, which is the ideal temperature, they say, uh, for the storage of fruits, vegetables, wine, and cheese. And it's big. Uh, the space of uh, approximately 20 normal size refrigerators. I, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, we have a cellar, which uh, floods every now and then. But I, I would... I would, I would probably buy one of those and bury it in my backyard. I'd have to make sure I was nowhere near the septic system, which is also buried around the house. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I actually put one of these on my property. I think it's pretty cool. So it's not available for sale yet. Not yet. And it's probably going to be pretty expensive uh, when it comes out based on some of the other products that uh, a well-trevree uh, has. They have an outdoor oven, all one word. Outdoor oven, which um, is an outdoor oven and is uh, going for uh, right now 795 euros for, 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 for a very small wooden cook stove. Uh, then they are selling a, a wheel bench. They call it the iconic wheel bench. Imagine a wheelbarrow, only instead of the barrow, there's a bench. And so you can pick up. One end of the bench by a handle. You can push it along on a wheel. And when you want to sit down somewhere else, you just drop it. Ta-da. Wheel bench. Uh, that is uh, anywhere between 595 to 795 euros for a bench with a wheel. Uh, then there is the, uh, the Dutch tub, which... Um, is an outdoor tub, kind of a, a an outdoor hot tub. Looks like a great big old. I mean, it's a it's a it's a prefab tub. That's what that is, uh, and that is five thousand four hundred and ninety five euros. The Dutch tub offers room for four people, and is very comfortable due to the ergonomic bottom. Uh, a real eye-catcher, the website says, sustainable with little to no maintenance, lightweight and smart and strong construction, and 5,500 euros. That, that's, that's a lot of money. So uh, if that's what the, the bathtub is, I'm pretty sure the root cellar is going to be like $15,000. Um, there are cheaper ways of, of doing this, and you can actually find some online. Uh, probably not going to be as big as this uh, prefab root cellar, but uh, even using, you know, steel drums, make sure they're food grade, uh, but even using steel drums and burying them uh, into the ground, you can make your own root cellar, and it's going to cost you a lot less than uh, than, than what the, the uh, dirt fridge or earth fridge is going to cost you. So the snow is gone uh, here on the farm, but uh, I do have uh, several emails here about how you like to spend your snow days, and I appreciate uh, you writing in. The email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. Uh, snail mail, if you want to send us a uh, you know Christmas card or anything like that, it is P.O. Box 817. 
uh, Farmville, Virginia, 23901-0817. Tyler, writing in, says, I took a day to do nothing but chores last Friday while my wife was at work. That meant sitting by the wood stove and watching Netflix. Nicely done. He says, I watched the movie The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. First part of it made me want to turn it off, but it was a lazy day. I uh, couldn't be moved to change the channel. As it progressed, I started to enjoy it. By the end, I was amazed. You know, I have heard good things about this. I've not had a chance to uh, sit down and actually watch it, um, but I've, I, I've, I've, I've heard it's one of those that, uh, that I need to to watch. So maybe next time I'll have a, uh, a review here. Uh, on Saturday, Tyler says, we had a ton of chores to get done. Then we hunkered down by the stove to enjoy a day. Pretending firewood did not need to be cut and the barn didn't need to be cleaned. I put the movie on again. I got so much more from it the second time. And the conversations that sparked for us afterward were very rewarding. I know what you've been going through in your household and the themes of the movie, uh, maybe some that you don't want to explore, but I did find it to be positive from my perspective. Also parts of it are very funny. If you have the right sense of humor, when, when somebody says that Tyler, that's usually my sense of humor. That what what that typically means is, um, yeah, this is a little edgy. But uh, if you if you if you can handle that type of stuff, I'm okay with it, and I am okay with it. Uh, Tyler said, "I also want to share with you my favorite part of the last episode when Missy was signing off. You both said, I love you. It just seemed to be in passing yet sincere. That's become an important part of our lives. We say it often, sometimes more meaning than others, but always with the belief that when we part, it is the last thing we want to say to each other. Anyway, as I sat in a hotel room in Raleigh listening with my wife at home in Ohio, it reminded me of home and happiness. Thank you for bringing the podcast back and for bringing us back into your family. We love you. And Tyler, we love you too. And thank you so much. Um, it really does mean a lot. And, you know, I say it all the time here, but um, this really is a, a, a community uh, here on 40 Acres and a Fool. And I know that there's a, a Cam and Company community as well. And, you know, I never... I never got into this because I wanted to be famous. In fact, I got into this. I got into radio so that I wouldn't be famous. I, I started out in TV, and I, the egos there that I was exposed to at a very young and tender age um, really horrified me. And, uh, and so I, I wanted to become a radio reporter instead of a TV reporter. People knew who local TV reporters were. Now, listen, as it turns out, my hairline probably would have prevented me from becoming a local TV reporter anyway, and my waistline too, now that I think about it. But regardless, and that was not what I wanted. And every, the other opportunity available for me at, at a uh, local TV station would have been a TV producer. And they were all on antidepressants. They were all miserable. I didn't want that either. So, I, you know, the, the, the anonymity of being a radio reporter was actually really appealing to me. I got to do all of the cool stuff and all of the fun stuff that a, a, a TV reporter got to do, but I, didn't, I could go out to eat and nobody would bug me because nobody knew who I looked like. You know, I looked like it was great. It was, it was the best of both worlds. So fame has never driven me. Even when I became a talk show host, that wasn't, it wasn't about being famous. It was about telling the stories and, you know, learning with my audience um, and providing those opportunities to, uh, to, to, to entertain people, but also uh, to get educated right alongside the folks who are listening. So this is a very long and bloviating way of, of saying that this has always been about an us. Um, it's not been about a, a me. 
And so we are a community here. We are a, a great big dysfunctional family from uh, coast to coast. And I know that we love each other. And uh, Tyler, again, man, thank you for writing. That just made my day. Mark uh, writing in as well says, uh, Cam, now that I live in the deep south, yeah, Mark's down in uh, New Orleans, I believe, uh, I no longer have snow days. But when I lived in, now you might have ice days on occasion, you know, even in the deep south. But when I lived in New England, Mark says, my snow days consisted of me burning plenty of firewood that I had previously split while binging a TV show or watching a movie, curled up with one of my dogs and eating some soup or some chili. Of course, this would be interrupted by the occasional trip outside for snow removal. See, that, that is a perfect snow day for me. Not doing anything, you know, yes, there's some physical exertion, but there's no mental taxation, right? It's just, yeah, okay, let me, let me just watch something fun. I got the dog with me. I'm just being lazy until I can't be lazy anymore. And then I'm going to go out and do what I got to do. And I'm going to come right back in here. I'm going to be lazy again. Why? Because what else am I going to do? That, Mark, is a perfect snow day. Uh, John, writing in as well, says, uh, Dear Cam and family, I cannot tell you. How excited I was that uh, you had a new podcast out. And then as I listened to it, I was overwhelmed to hear that Miss E was there with you. It was so nice to hear both of you talking about the farm and catching up on everything that's happened over the summer. Uh, Looking forward to hearing the next podcast tomorrow morning. And meanwhile, I wish you all the best this holiday season from our family to yours. Thank you for all you do. Merry Christmas, John and Lori. And John and Lori, thank you very much. And I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Uh, It is so good to be back. I am so glad that uh, we've been able to resume the podcasts and uh, looking forward to uh, to what 2019 has to bring. Um, finally, uh, uh, Patria writing, and I, I, I think this is correct, uh, uh, Matt and Patria from Massachusetts. And Patria says, my favorite snow day activity, I've been doing it since I was little, is to scoop up some nice fresh snow and pour maple syrup over it. There is no other experience so magical and tasty, especially for a kid. You know, okay, so I've never done this, Patria. I have family who now live in Vermont, uh, and they joke about, you know, like the currency basically being maple syrup up there. And and when I was actually in New York for my dad's funeral, we were talking about maple syrup. And I remember hearing about this, like the way the snow crystallizes around the syrup. It's not just... You might think it's like, okay, it's going to be like a maple snow cone, right? But apparently, like, just the way that the the mouthfeel and the sweetness of the syrup, apparently it is just absolutely incredible. So you you got me thinking there, Patria. Uh, Patria says, we also like to bundle up and go for a walk when the sound is all muffled and the air is cold, crisp and clear. Isn't that great? When the snow is falling and the world is just so quiet. That's, that's one of my favorite sounds or lack thereof. As a matter of fact, uh, on Instagram, um, you can uh, go back at Cam Edwards. And uh, during the last snowfall, I posted a little video, probably 20 seconds. And I called it your moment of Zen. And it, that's all it is. Yeah, I was down by our creek and the snow was falling and you could hear the burbling of the creek. And that was it. Not a, not a car. Uh, no airplanes, nothing, not even a crazy dog barking in the distance. It was just so silent and still, and it was amazing. Patria says, uh, of course, also as well, nothing beats snuggling up in front of a fire. Yeah, I miss our, 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 our ability. It's been a, actually, now that I think about it, 
uh, the last time I may have actually lived in a house with a working fireplace. Oh no, we 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 had one in Northern Virginia, and that was nice. Um, we really need to get our fireplaces back in working condition here. Uh, that 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 it's not going to be something that I can do, but uh, that might be a project that you learn about in future. Forty Acres and a Fool. Uh, much love and prayers for you all. Matt and Patria, and Matt and Patria, thank you both for writing in. Uh, hopefully you'll get to have some of that uh, maple snow here in the very near future. Does not look like we're going to get a white Christmas here in Central Virginia. Maybe a little rain on Christmas Day, but that's okay. As I said, we're going to have our family with us. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a very good holiday. And uh, I wish you, and I know Miss E does as well, uh, wish you the warmest of Christmas wishes. I promise I'm going to try to get her back in front of the microphone this next time around. Uh, But in the meantime, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we'll see you soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 